Hey podcasters, we are living in unprecedented times. And currently our church is not meeting in person. We have moved all of our worship services online. And so the messages that you'll be hearing here on the podcast are part of online worship experiences, which are quite a bit different from in-person gatherings. So there might be breaks in the message where we shift to a different element or I'll refer to things that are links uh, in the description. And so those don't apply, but still we want you to be able to follow along with our messages and stay connected to our church. Of course, in this time, uh, we hope that you are being faithful to give and support your local church. But if Faith Church is your local church, we would greatly appreciate it if you would support us in this season by going to faithinchandler.com slash give or using the Venmo app to make your donation to the username at faithfwbchurch. We greatly appreciate your continuing uh, support during this time. May God bless you and keep you well in this pandemic. Hey church, I'm so excited to talk to you about Palm Sunday this morning. And we're going to be in Luke 19 in just a little bit, so if you want to make your way there. We are wrapping up our series entitled Known, and it's just so funny to me that we have been doing a series entitled Known in the middle of this season where there are so many unknowns. And there's so much going on right now that we don't understand. So much that's happening that we can't really grasp, we can't get our minds around, and there's so many things that come that are unexpected. What I want to do today is I want to help you see what Palm Sunday is all about. Because I'm afraid that many times people think of Palm Sunday and they don't really know what it's about. What is Palm Sunday? Now, the first and most obvious answer is it's the Sunday before Easter. It's one week before Easter. And by the way, let's just press pause here for a second and let me encourage you. We're going to be all online next week for our Easter gatherings. It's going to be a completely online experience. And so I want you to do everything you can to help me invite your friends and family to join us. Just like we would for an Easter here in our building, we're going to do everything we can to invite our friends and family, our neighbors, to join us for Easter worship online. And we're going to actually do this twice on Easter, 9.30 and 11. It's not a space issue. It's not a parking issue, but we're just going to offer two times. So hopefully people will be able uh, to take advantage of it. So that's a week from today. And we want to do everything we can to reach our friends and neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday, just through digital forms of communication, not in our facility. So the first question, first answer to the question, what is Palm Sunday is it's the Sunday before Easter. But it's something more than that. And I want to show you why it's important, why it matters, and what palms have to do with this day. Now, I told you to look at Luke 19, but I'm going to point out a, a couple of places in the other three Gospels that also tell us the story, the record of Palm Sunday. And you'll see that there's this consistent theme. Matthew 21, 8 tells us that a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. This is as Jesus is riding into Jerusalem for the Passover. It's the final week of his life before he's crucified. He's riding into Jerusalem and people are spreading their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. Mark tells us basically the same thing in chapter 11, that people spread their garments and they strawed branches. Now, John tells us a little bit different detail. He says they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name 
of the Lord. And so they're grabbing palm branches, they're taking their garments, and they're spreading them in the way. And the reason that they're doing this is to kind of just show a, a real special reverence to Jesus as he's entering into Jerusalem. Perhaps you've, you've heard of uh, uh, Sir Walter Raleigh. There's a legend that he laid his cloak out over a mud puddle uh, for the queen to be able to cross in, quote, a splashy place without getting her her shoes dirty. And so Sir Walter Raleigh takes his cloak and he places it over this so that it's a nicer walk, a nicer road for the queen or a nicer path for the queen to walk on. And kings back in the day, they would have forerunners who would go before them and they would prepare the roads, prepare the ways for them so that when they came into a town, they didn't have good highways and roads like we do today. There would be a clear path for them to get where they needed to go and they wouldn't be stuck waiting for someone to clear the path or to get branches out of the way. And actually scripture refers to John the Baptist, the one who came before Jesus as one of these forerunners. He was kind of preparing the way of hearts and minds. As Jesus is entering into Jerusalem, the people are throwing down their, their, their coats, they're throwing down their cloaks, they're throwing down their garments in the path of Jesus and this donkey that he's riding on to kind of make the way as nice as possible. They're trying to make it as, as, as pristine, as soft, as nice as they possibly can. And then they take palm branches and do the same thing. And so some of them have laid these palm branches out so that the donkey can walk on this and others are waving the palm branches, but they're all doing this because they want to show appreciation for Jesus. That's what the garments and the palm branches were all about. It was to show Jesus appreciation or a special kind of reverence. They wanted to worship, so they worshiped with what they had on hand. They had cloaks that they could take off, take off and lay out. There were palm branches right there on the pathway into Jerusalem, and so they just grabbed what they had, what was available, to show Jesus reverence, to show him appreciation. And so because they wanted to worship Jesus in this moment, they grab what's available to worship him. And that's exactly what we're doing right now, right? We want to worship King Jesus, so we're worshiping Jesus with what we have. Now, normally on Palm Sunday, we gather together in a church facility and we sing praises to God together and I preach a message about King Jesus that talks about how good and great he is, but we're not able to do that. So we're doing what we can. We're worshiping Jesus with what we have. We're showing him appreciation with what we have. And I want to challenge you to do that today. I want you to show King Jesus appreciation with what you have on hand. And so I'm going to encourage you to just take a moment right now and snap a photo of your family worshiping together with online church today. And then later, I want you to, to post that photo and then include, list off something that each person in your family is thankful for. So when this online worship experience concludes, go around and everybody mention something that they're thankful for, that you're thankful to Jesus for, that you're thankful to God for. And that gratitude with your photo, can you post that online, it'll be a way we can show Jesus appreciation today. It's not how we would normally do it, but it's a way that we can appreciate Him with what we've got, with what we have right now, in a way that we can testify to the crowds around us, though we can't get together in a crowd, to the homes around us, to the people around us online, that we appreciate Jesus. Now, there's something that's really important for us to recognize in this moment, is that as Jesus is riding in to Jerusalem, it isn't that now suddenly he deserves worship, okay? Because Jesus was worthy of worship before this moment. 
what's happened is there has been a series of events that have led them to recognize that Jesus is worthy of worship. Now, it's not the circumstances that make Jesus worthy of this worship, because our circumstances do not dictate whether or not Jesus is worthy of worship. Let me say that again. The worthiness of our king does not depend upon our circumstances. It doesn't depend on what it is that we are going through. And so Jesus is just as worthy of praise right now as he was a month ago, as he was last Palm Sunday, as he was the Sunday that he rode into Jerusalem. And even though our circumstances are not ideal, this is not what we had planned, this is not what we had hoped for, Jesus is just as worthy of worship because his character, his faithfulness, his goodness, his love, his grace has not changed. And so Your circumstances that you find yourself in should not dictate whether or not you praise Jesus because he is just as worthy and deserving of that praise. What happened in this moment was that when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem, he was fulfilling prophecies by riding a donkey into Jerusalem, but it also had taken place right after Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead someone who lived near Jerusalem, just outside of Jerusalem, in a suburb of Jerusalem called Bethany. Jesus had raised him from the dead, and people had heard about that. Just before that, Jesus had sent his disciples, and 35 groups of two, 70 disciples had gone into villages ahead of him as he made his way to Jerusalem for Passover. They had been proclaiming the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus's message, and they were proclaiming it to everyone, people who were social outcasts. And if you're reading our Bible reading plan of Luke and Acts right now, we just covered this this past week. And so what's happening is people are coming to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God. And so Jesus receives all of this praise and worship, not because the circumstances are just right, but rather because the people have come to believe And I want you to get this, okay? Faith precedes praise. Faith precedes praise. When we come to believe, when we come to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, we come to believe that he died on the cross for our sins, we come to believe that he rose again from the dead, that will prompt us to praise because we've come to believe that Jesus is truly wonderful. And so we worship God with what we have when we believe. You know, it's been, it's been pretty challenging for us to be able to, um, you know, learn how to do online services on the fly and, and not just the sermon, but to include elements like the testimony videos that we've had each week and the worship songs. And that's really difficult to do when people are sheltering in place in their homes. And so what we have right now is not what we would normally have, but we still believe. And so what we've done this week is through a lot of effort and hard work, uh, we have put together a worship song of all of our worship leaders who could, could, who could participate and contribute to it. Uh, we'll put it all together so that they can lead us in a song because we believe. And so let's worship God together for just a moment because we believe. In this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear, there is only one foundation. We believe. 
thankful to our worship team uh, for working hard to record all of those things in their houses and it's been a joy to put that together over the past week and a half and I hope that it was a blessing to you and I hope that you're reminded that because we believe we can have that encouragement and that hope because faith precedes praise. Now, maybe you're watching this and you want to have faith but you feel like there's some parts of this you just don't get, you don't understand. 
And if that's you, I want you to know that you're in good company. Because just after the verse that I read to you in John 12, John 12, 16 tells us this. These things understood not his disciples at the first. So Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and everybody's praising. They're crying out Hosanna. They're throwing palm branches. And the disciples, they don't get it. They don't really understand everything that's happening. This is kind of, they don't really, they don't, they don't know what this is all about. And, and by the way, it's really comforting to me when I don't really understand and I'm like, I don't, God, I don't know what you're doing to read that in Scripture. You know, the disciples who were right there with Jesus, they were right there with him through all of it, that there was so much that they like, didn't get at first either. And so if you're, if you're trying to figure out faith and it's just, you're, you know that you're in good company. But also hear this. The disciples didn't understand that was everything that was happening, but they still had a profound faith. And you don't have to understand everything to believe in something. You don't have to understand it all to believe it. You know, there are a whole lot of things that I don't understand, but I believe. You know, when it rains, I don't really understand how all of that works. I mean, I know that there's the sun evaporating water up into the sky, and it forms in the clouds, and those clouds have different types of names, but I wouldn't be able to tell you which ones are which, and there's something with cold fronts and rain moving in, and but I don't understand how all that works, but when rain falls on my head, I don't go, you know, I don't know if I believe it's raining or not. I believe it's raining. I don't totally understand it, but I believe it. When the wind blows, I don't, I don't understand how all of that works and what dictates the, dictates the direction of it, and, but I can feel it. I can experience it. And I want you to know that you don't have to understand everything to believe in something. And you don't have to know everything to accept the gospel either. But you do have to know someone. And that's what I want to get to in Luke 19. So if you've got your Bible, let's look at Luke 19 together. I'm going to read verses 41 to 44. This is right after Jesus has ridden in to Jerusalem. The people are praising. And then Luke picks up and tells us, And when he was come near, he beheld the city, and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee around, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave thee in thee one stone upon another, because thou knowest not the time of thy visitation. And so there in Luke 19, verses 41 to 44, what we see is that Jesus sees the city and he weeps. Now here's this powerful moment. Jesus is entering in to Jerusalem. All these people are there because it's Passover, so it's not just the citizens that belong or live in Jerusalem, but it's everyone who's coming together in Jerusalem. And people are singing and they're praising, but when Jesus sees the scene, he cries. He weeps even. And the reason is because he can see their hearts. And it prompts him to say, oh, if you had only known if you'd only known. Jerusalem, if you'd only realized what it is that is before you, if you'd only recognized who I am and put your faith in me, if you'd only known. 
There's another place in Luke's gospel where he tells us that Jesus is heartbroken over Jerusalem. It's in Luke 13, verse 34. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He talks about how they have reacted to the prophets that God has sent them, the, the times that God has tried to reveal truth to them, to make them to know, and they've rejected them. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. And Jesus is saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you under my wings if you would have let me. How often I would have gathered you under my wings like a, like a mother hen protecting her chicks. I would have gathered you under my wings and I would have taken care of you. I would have protected you if you'd only known, if you'd only accepted, if you'd only been willing. You know, this series is all about being known. And, and we want everyone at Faith Church to be known, loved, and challenged. But more importantly than all that, we want you to know Jesus. That's the most important thing. Because when you know Jesus, you can experience his peace. In Jerusalem, the, the, the name Jerusalem has a, has a connotation or a meaning of peace. And so Jesus is saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you had only known the true peace that I could offer, if you would recognize that I am here offering you peace. And friends, we want you to be known and loved and challenged. We want our church to be able to minister to you well. And we're doing everything we can in this season to continue ministering in this crazy context and situation. But none of that matters if you don't know Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're known by the church and you're loved by the church and you're challenged by the church if we don't help you come to know Jesus. In high school, one of my, uh, one of my teachers, he had a, had an old bumper sticker that was like faded and kind of peeling off on the back of his van, but I can still picture it. And it said, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. And that's the reality, that if you know Jesus, you will know peace. But without Jesus, you'll be without peace. And here in this moment where everybody's worshiping, and they're so excited and they're calling Jesus king. Jesus can see through that excitement. He can see through that display, that, that big public gathering and, and the excitement. He can see through that to their true selves. And I want you to know that right now, whether or not you're, you're joining services online or whether or not you attended church or whether or not you call yourself a Christian, Jesus can see through all of that to whether or not you truly know him and you've opened your heart to him. Um, I'm currently reading a book about the 1918 pandemic. And the title of the book is Very, Very, Very Dreadful. That's the title of the book. It is not a fun read, but it's been very informative and helped me kind of think about what we're facing and what the days ahead might look like. There's this quote in the book that I came across this past week that, man, just really hit me. It, it said this, the pandemic showed men and women at their worst and at their best. And listen to this part. A person's basic character did not change under its pressure. Rather, people revealed their real selves only in exaggerated form. And what's happening right now in this global crisis is that the pretense is all taken away. And listen, this situation is not good. It's dire. 
I just learned right before recording this that a, a Free Will Baptist pastor up in Michigan, that his wife has passed away from COVID-19. This is a tragic situation. But one thing that is good that's coming out of this tragedy is that it's taken away the pretense. And we're revealing who we really are. We're revealing who we are in our truest self. And what's coming to the surface right now, as the pretense fades away, what's coming to the surface right now, that's what Jesus always sees. And as he rides into Jerusalem, he beholds it and he weeps because he can see what is coming. He knows who they truly are. My friend, hear me, okay? Jesus can see who you truly are. And so Jesus sees their character and he weeps. And the Bible tells us that there is none righteous, no, not one. Scripture tells us that it is impossible for us to please God with our good works and our good deeds. It doesn't matter how good a job we do at be acting like or behaving like we're good people. There is something broken deep within our hearts, just like there was something broken deep within Jerusalem. But here's the beautiful thing. Because what that passage tells us is that Jesus saw Jerusalem and he wept and he kept riding. He kept riding into Jerusalem, knowing who they really were, knowing what was going to happen. He kept riding. And friend, I want you, I want you to hear me, okay? Jesus knows your true self and he keeps calling you. He keeps reaching out to you. He knows who you really are, but he keeps riding into your life, calling you unto himself. And even in the midst of this global crisis, as the pretense fades away, as your true self comes out, as your worries and your anxieties and your fears come out, as it becomes revealed what you truly trust in, Jesus sees all that and he continues to call to you and reach out to you because he loves you. Jesus would ride into Jerusalem and he would suffer many things of the chief priests and elders. He would be crucified because we needed him to. Because in our truest self, we are sinners. We are far from God. We are far from good. And Jesus saw that and he pushed forward anyway. And friend, what I hope you recognize today is that in spite of your brokenness and your sin, Jesus is calling out to you. And it might be that right now in this moment, you recognize that Jesus has been reaching out to you and you have been unknowingly walking away from him or maybe you've been knowingly resisting him. Whatever the case may be, know that he is writing into your life. He's writing into the story of your life and he wants to be a part of your life. He wants to know you and he wants you to know him. And nothing, nothing is more important than that. And so it might be that in this moment, you need to welcome Jesus into your heart and life. You need to turn from the life that you were living, turn to follow Jesus. And so I'm going to say a prayer, 
And as I pray, I hope that you'll call out to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, thank you for writing into my life. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for for wanting to save me from myself. I turn from my life, I turn from my sin, and I turn towards you. And if God is doing something powerful in your heart and life, we want to help you through that. And so please feel free to message us here on the church Facebook page or to comment or to go to faithinchandler.com and contact us through that or to call the church. Reach out to us so that we can pray with you and give you any resources that you might need. Because we believe that this is the start of something powerful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Well, we thank you that you saw our brokenness and you kept writing. Lord, that you came into our lives, that you came into our world because of our brokenness. And Lord, I pray that you would help those that are watching this, that they recognize right now that there is sin in their life. They recognize that they are far from you and they need you. And Lord, I pray that this would be a moment of turning from their sin and turning to you that this would be a moment of opening their heart and life to you so that they can be known by you and you can know and they can know you. Father, I pray that you would transform lives. Lord, we know that you are not limited by these circumstances or this situation. And so, Lord, we know that you are still working in hearts and that your Holy Spirit is present wherever people are seeking you. So, Lord, I pray that your spirit would lead, guide, direct, convict whatever the need might be. And eternity would be different as a result. That lives would be changed as a result. And God, may you continue to receive all the glory and honor because you are still worthy. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, before you run off, I just want to share a couple of things with you. First of all, I think that you probably really enjoyed that We Believe um, song that we put together. And so uh, we would love for you to share that with family and friends. And so that's going to go live on uh, Facebook tonight at 620. And we'd love for you to, to go ahead and check that out. We'll have that link here in the description. Plan to watch that as soon as it goes live. Share it with friends. Uh, that was something that we put a lot of heart uh, and soul into. And we hope uh, that it brings honor to the Lord. And so we'd love it if you could share that with some folks. Hey, um, Thank you so much for your generosity. Uh, this is a time where it is a little bit more difficult. There's a barrier that's been put in, the, in, in, in our way in our giving. And so you have done a great job of stepping over that. Obviously, this is a time when it's, it's difficult to give, but we are still in need of your support to move the ministry forward. And this past week, we sat down to order more discipleship resources because the response has been so great. And we didn't hesitate for a moment to order more books and to spend that money because we know that it's an investment in the relationships of our church and the relationships of our church to one another and to Jesus. And so we're continuing to invest in making a difference in people's lives. And doing church this way, it's, uh, it requires new resources and new tools that we're having to acquire so that we can continue to do ministry well. And we're trying to save every place that we can uh, by not using things that we, wouldn't, we, we don't need right now so that we're in our facility. So know that we're doing everything we can uh, to spend wisely, to be good stewards of how you're supporting us in this ministry effort. And we're excited to see how God's going to use you in your generosity in powerful ways. You can give online at faithinchandler.com give or through the Venmo app to the username at faithfwbchurch. And if you are not comfortable giving online or you're just not sure how, feel free to mail that. You can use snail mail. That's still a great way to give.